Chico Sports Fantasy Football fans. You got Stevie P tonight. Let's get into it, shall we? So Kev can't be with us tonight. Uh, we had a scheduling issues, so obviously I am going to be going alone at this. But we were going to do bold predictions tonight. So because of that, Kev not being here, I decided let's not do that by myself because I think you guys want to hear his bold predictions. So I decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about some guys that I think could be league winners. Now, I'm not talking about the super deep sleepers or the guys that have no justifiable. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get bold here. I'm giving you facts and I'm just going to talk about guys that I think are going later than they should be. And because of that, they could win you your league. You know, some of these guys are second rounders. Some of these guys are third rounders. Some of these guys are, you know, as low as the sixth round. But, you know, I decided to go with two wide receivers, two running backs, and a quarterback. So, let's get right into it. So, my first name that I want to talk about is A.J. Brown, right? So, A.J. Brown, before Julio gets to the Tennessee Titans, we all just assume he's a top five wide receiver. You know, just... He's going to be a top five guy because this, 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 and that, right? And now, because Julio's there, which I'll get into why I don't think that hurts him and helps him, uh, you know, he's now basically uh, going in the third round as wide receiver eight. You know, so it's not a huge drop, but a wide receiver that I could think could finish in the top, possibly the top three, is going eighth. And you're getting him in the third round. Uh, so just looking at it, this is kind of the way, this is the kind of way I want to break it down, right? So let's talk about what the Atlanta Falcons did statistically last year. Well, actually, you know what? Let's talk about what the Tennessee Titans did statistically last year. So you had A.J. Brown, who only played in 14 games. Corey Davis was their second leading receiver. He only played in 14 games. So you had 14 games of A.J., 14 games of Corey Davis. A.J. had 106 targets. Corey Dillon had 92 targets. Uh, you know, A.J. had a total of 11 touchdowns last year, which is awesome in 14 games. Uh, for 70 receptions, 100 or 1,075 yards, uh, and 11 receiving TDs, which is that's pretty damn good. The number two guy there in Corey Davis had 92 re or targets, 65 receptions, 984 yards, five touchdowns, and you know he had a pretty damn good season, right? You can't really complain about what Corey Davis did. So with that being said, in a 17-game season, now, you assume those numbers would go up, correct? Now, this is where I think it kind of starts to get interesting to me. Let's talk a little bit about the Atlanta Falcons, right? With Julio there last season, right? So you can look at Matt Ryan, the one thing that Matt Ryan has struggled with, and it's been not just last year. Last year was a 
particularly bad year for it, but he's always struggled to score in the red zone, right? Matt Ryan was 52.75% completion percentage inside the red zone. That was the 29th best quarterback in the league in that statistic. That's kind of crazy. That's really low, right? If you look at the same, you know, quarterback on the other side that now Julio is getting and A.J. Brown is getting, (laughs) it jumps up to red zone completion percentage for Ryan Tannehill was 65.28, number six in the league. The sixth best quarterback of all 32 quarterbacks was Ryan Tannehill. So you're telling me that A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are getting a more proficient quarterback in the red zone, which to me makes a huge difference, especially because, you know, Derrick Henry is still a big bruising back that people have to worry about in the red zone. So this could open these two guys up for a lot of touchdowns. And AJ already has proved it to you. He's gotten 11 touchdowns last year in only 14 games. <laughs> like just that stat alone jumps out to me. Right. And the one thing we know about Julio is the other guy on the other side of the field of Julio normally gets single coverage. He gets that kind of respect. Like, you are not going to double A.J. Brown over Julio Jones. And I don't care who the, the defensive coordinator is. Like, if you watch Julio on tape, Julio has not lost anything. If you looked at Julio's stats from last year, he, on a per-game basis, he basically has been what he's always been. You know, damn near 100 yards, damn near, you know, 8, 9, 10 catches a game. Like, he's been Julio. <laughs> like, it didn't, it didn't, it, there was not this huge dip. It was just an injury-plagued season for a, a, an aging wide receiver, which I hate to say it that way, but he's 31 years old. Right, about to be 32 or just turned 32. And it is what it is. You know, I mean, guys get hurt, but Julio, from all accounts, has looked like Julio. Like nobody is saying that Julio's lost a step. You don't hear anybody saying, oh, Julio, Julio lost a step. There's not anybody saying that, especially not cornerbacks. You know, cornerbacks look at Julio and say, this dude is a monster. And A.J. Brown is a monster on the other side of the field. So if anything, Julio takes away some coverage away from A.J. And A.J. has the ability to score in the red zone at a huge clip if they're going to be doubling Julio in the red zone, which, to be honest with you, is going to be hard with Derrick Henry for either one of these guys to be getting constantly double teamed, right? I I just don't see how this hurts. I just don't see how this hurts A.J. A.J. had 107 targets last year. It's not like this dude had 150 targets and now you bring in A.J. Brown or, you know, you bring in Julio Jones and you're worried about Julio Jones getting 140 and that make that digging into what A.J. had. A.J. has always been a super proficient, you know, score of fantasy points with not the crazy amount of targets. Right. This is this is A.J. Brown's targets from last year per game. Four, five, five, three, two, four, eight, three, seventeen, or seven, four, five, four, seven, thirteen against Houston, two and eight. Dude, would you like to know what his fantasy points were for those weeks? His fantasy points for those weeks were 12, 5, 1. He started off slow. 24.4, 24, 
And then against Buffalo, we all saw that Buffalo game. You know what I mean? Like they just smashed Buffalo with the run game and, and everything else. They didn't need, you know, AJ to go off. So, you know, he scores 4.4, 4.7, 4.3, 12.2, 9.1, 12 12.2. Then against the Kansas City Chiefs, we all saw what happened in that game. You know, 2.7. But then to end the season, 23.5, 7.5, 33.6, 25.4, 15.3, 22.4. He ended last season on a very high note, right? I just, I look at this season and I say to myself, if A.J. Brown gets 130 targets, which I think he could easily do, if he stays healthy for 17 games, 130 targets is not crazy, Right? That brings his numbers up, let's say, to seven or eight targets a game, which is not insane for the presumed number one wide receiver of this team. The Texan, the Titans, if you look at their numbers from last year, they threw the ball a team total of 481 times, and they ran the ball 551 times, right? Like, that's a lot of running. That is it. Oh, I'm sorry. 521 times. I said I said 51. It was 21. 521 times. So 485 attempts passing as a team and four 521 <laughs> rushes. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't think you bring in Julio Jones and not make it closer to a 50-50 split with runs to passes. And it wouldn't surprise me if they passed a little more than they ran this year, right? I don't think anybody would be surprised if the Titans came out throwing, let's say those numbers reverse. Let's say it's 551 attempts or 21 attempts and 485 rushes. That takes a little bit off of Derrick Henry's plate, but still gives him a huge workload. And this team predicates on the two dominant wide receivers the play action passing because Derrick Henry is a play action, a perfect play action runner to go off. And now you have a team that, you know, you have two of the main targets, especially because Johnu Smith is gone. You know what I mean? Corey Davis is gone, right? You look at their pass catching options from a year ago. Johnu Smith is gone. Anthony Fersker is still there. Adam Humphreys is gone. Johnu Smith, like I said, is gone. It's like, Corey Davis is gone. <laughs> you're right there. You're talking about almost 200 targets. You're talking about almost 200 targets between those guys. So I just don't see how AJ Brown and, and Julio Jones don't see a shit ton of targets. And if this happens, he's going too late. He's he should be in a mid second round pick, and he's going in the third. So I just don't get it. I I, I understand that some people are skeptical about the Julio thing, but you really have to dig into these numbers to really, you know, see what's going on here. He's going from Julio is going from a quarterback who is throwing the 29th worse and getting an upgraded Ryan Tannehill. And we've seen, he was the number six red zone, you know, know, quarterback last year. To me, both of these guys get an upgrade. Julio's going too low and AJ Brown's going too low, but I think AJ Brown will be the, higher point per game fantasy scorer 
you know, between this these two. And I want all the AJ Brown I can get. All right, so let's get into my next guy. My next guy is You know what? I was going to go do the running the wide receivers first. So let me throw in a running back. Let's do that. My next guy is Josh Jacobs. Right? So Josh Jacobs is the RB19 being drafted at the 312, the end of the third round. Right? So let's just dig into these numbers a little bit, shall we? So Josh Jacobs last year played in 15 games. He averaged 15.4 points per game, fantasy points per game. He had 33 receptions for 238 yards, also having 273 rushes for 1,065 yards, and he had 12 total touchdowns, right? Now, if you think about how this season went for Josh Jacobs last year, a lot of people are like, oh, you know what? He had that three-touchdown game against Carolina, and then he struggled to score touchdowns the rest of the season. Well, the dude had 12, right? So three minus 12 means he had nine more the rest of the season. That's still pretty damn good. I think people remember the three-touchdown game and then the three games after that where he did not score a touchdown. But even in those games, he did not score you a touchdown. In PPR, he still got you 13.5, 9.3, 10.3. That did not kill you. With his 13.5, he was a top 24 guy. With his 9.3, he was a a top 31 guy, which, you know, that's an RB3. It's not what you're expecting from your RB2. And then 10.3, he was the RB29. So another RB3 season, or three game. But then the next week, He gives you the RB5 numbers, 22.5, right? He runs 11 routes. He has 15 carries. He has, oh, no, I'm sorry. He has 23 carries in that game, 85 yards, two touchdowns, right? Then he's 6.1, 12.9, 13.8, 29.6, 13.4. That game was crazy. I just don't even understand how that game worked out. Atlanta just played their minds out and just decided just to take away Josh Jacobs because he only had 5.4 fantasy points in that game. Uh, He also did get hurt in that game. Uh, He only had seven carries and then missed, you know, I want to say that was in the second quarter that he had gotten hurt, but he had seven carries for 18 yards, uh, three targets, three catches for 44 yards, and then, you know, he gets banged up. But then 10 point, you know, he misses week 13. Then he goes 10.4, 20.4, uh, 6.9 against Miami. Miami was a pretty good defense last year. And then against Denver, 20.9 fantasy points. So one, two, three, four, five, six games last year. He finished in the top 24. No, more than that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Nine times in 15 games, he finishes a top 24 running back for you, right? Like, I think the Kenyon Drake taking away so many rushes and so many receptions and all that other stuff, let's be honest, guys, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Josh Jacobs didn't play him on third down last year. Like, 
one thing that we tell you guys all the time is that we watch these games. Like, I watch the games. He is not their third down back. Like, he had these numbers without being their third down back. Isn't that ridiculous? Is that crazy? Like, I don't think people realize that. He is not the Raiders' third down back. He has not been that since he since he's basically been with the team. And he still got you top 12 fantasy, you know, fantasy points for the season. You know, he was the RB8 last year in PPR leagues. He was the RB8 and his role's not changing. Like he's not losing third down work. He he's just never had it. So I just find it I just I just think it's a little bit ridiculous the way people approach fantasy sometimes. Like people want to take something to run with it because somebody said something. They go, "Oh, well, you know what? He had blah 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 blah." Right? Like No, that's not what happened. He didn't lose the third down roll. He never had it. And and this is the one stat that I think everybody just overlooks when it comes to Josh Jacobs. His red zone rushing numbers. In the red zone, he had six carries. Five, three, one, five, one, eight, four, three, five. He didn't have any against Atlanta because I told you he got hurt. Miss week 13. Right? And I believe their bye week was week six or, you know, something like that. Uh, But then four, 12, five, and two. The dude is basically getting red zone work they want this dude to touch the ball near the red zone and judging by those numbers he's getting a he's getting a good amount of carries in the red zone so i could see with an extra game this year if he can stay healthy i can see him being right around 35 receptions 40 receptions i don't think that's insane i don't think that's crazy just little dumps offs or you know whatever the case may be and And he could be very, very good. And people are saying, oh, you know, Josh Jacobs, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I just don't get it. I think he's dropping too low. I think people are overreacting because of the Kenyon Drake signing and Kenyon Drake getting, uh, you know, big money and blah, 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 blah. He didn't really get big money. He got good money for a running back. He didn't get big money. He got good running money. And maybe they want to use him in the slot. And maybe they want to do some things with him, you know, that they decide, okay, we're going to give you a little extra. But regardless... Josh Jacobs is the running back for the Raiders. And the one thing that you could say to me that I could understand that why you're skeptical about it is that the Raiders offense is not good, but hey, John Gruden has this offense working very well. You know, I think people poo poo on the Raiders offense and I think it's a lot better than people think. You know what I mean? They have, they do throw in their stinkers every once in a while, but for the most part, this offense is pretty good. You know, it's better than average. So I want all the Josh Jacobs I can get in almost the fourth round. And sometimes he drops into the fourth round, and I love it. So give me all the Josh Jacobs in the fourth round, in the 3-12. All right, so my next player is going to be Cooper Cup. You guys know I love me some Cooper Cup, right? There is just no way around it, right? And maybe you could get this. I have a bias towards Cooper Cup because I like the guy so damn much. But 6'2", you know, slot wide receivers don't grow on trees that that run routes the way this guy does and the guy in the way he gets open. He just he kind of dominates from the slot position, which is 
it's kind of what you want with a Matthew Stafford, isn't it? Like Matthew Stafford likes hitting guys on slants and hitting guys on, you know, up and outs. Like he's just, I don't, I think Cooper Cup and Robert Wood are both perfect for what Matthew Stafford wants to do, right? In 2018, Cooper Cup averaged 16.9 fantasy points per game. He was the 15th wide receiver. In 2019, he averaged the exact same 16.9s per game, and he was the number seven wide receiver. These are both with Jared Goff. Last year, he played in 15 games, right? He got hurt. He He missed one game. But he had 124 targets from Jared Goff with 92 catches. And what killed him was his his touchdowns. He dropped down to three. There's no way you're going to convince me with Matthew Stafford that his, that his touchdowns don't go up. If he gets to eight to ten touchdowns, he's going to be right back to where he was at. He's going to be right back there at, you know, number seven, number eight, somewhere around there. And everybody's just going to be like, okay, well, his target's... Cam Akers got hurt, everyone. Cam Akers out for the season. They are not going to ball the, run the ball the way they were without Cam Akers being there. So that just gives more targets to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. So I could easily see Cooper Cup. In 2019, he had 134 targets. Last year, he missed a game and basically was still on the same pace. Had 124 targets. He had 10 less targets. With an extra game and with Matthew Stafford throwing the ball, I could easily see Cooper Cup being the 135 to 140 range. And if he gets there and he's around 100 receptions, he's going to be over 1,000 yards. He's going to be close to 10 touchdowns. And guess what? He's going to be a top 12 guy. And Cooper Cup is going in round four, pick six, wide receiver 16. If you ask me, that's a goddamn steal. That is a steal, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm just going to go over the per-game numbers because, hey, why the hell not? Right? Last year, Cooper Cup, week one, 8 points, 3 points, 25.7, or 11.9, 22 fantasy points, 10 fantasy points, 25.5 fantasy points, 6.1, 15.3, 14.3, 8.9, and 14.6. This is all with Jared Goff having a terrible season and Cooper Cup only scoring nah, uh, three touchdowns. Three. Right? In 2020 last year, he had three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, thirteen 13 red zone targets. He had 13 red zone targets in 2020. Right. In 2019, he almost damn near doubled that. He had eight, 10, 11, 13, 15, 14, 16, 17, 18, 21 targets. He damn near doubled it. With Matthew Stafford, he could basically be on the same pace he was in 2019 in red zone targets. Because guess what? With Matthew Stafford the ball, throwing the ball, they're going to be a whole lot better getting to the red zone area. And listen to these numbers in 2019. These could be the numbers that happen, you know, for Cooper Cup. 11.6, 17.6, 33.2, 26.9, 26.7, 5.7, 11, 35, 
Like, sign me up. Give me all the Cooper Cup I can get. Loving Cooper Cup this year. All right, so my last running back is a guy that I have mixed feelings about. But I could see this dude just completely going off, just being really, really good. And people are just kind of like, eh, because of Carson Wentz being there. And we just because I said Carson Wentz, you guys should know Jonathan Taylor. So I'm just going to caveat this by saying, he had a split role for most of the season, right? He was splitting a lot of work. And I could still see that being an issue with Naeem Hines, right? He had 36 receptions last year. In 17 weeks, I could see him being right around the same. You know what I mean? 30, 36, somewhere in that range. And I have no problem with that. 299, 12 touchdowns. 232 rushes, 1169 rushing yards. He averaged five a carry, right? So let's break down these numbers just a little more. So in red zone efficiency, right? It's kind of hard to judge his red zone efficiency because, like I said, he wasn't the full-time back for the entire season. But... (laughs) If you look at his red zone touches, which is the bigger indicator, right? Because that's what that's what we all want. We want red zone touches. He had 52. That was number eight in the league, and he wasn't the full-time guy. 52, number eight in the league, and was not the full-time guy. Jonathan Taylor's snap shares last year was 48.1. That was number 29 in the, in, in the league. He just didn't have a crazy amount of snaps. If that number gets to 55 or 60, that could be big. That could be big, y'all. He had 232 carries. That was number eight in the league with only his snap share being at 29%. Right? He had 39 targets. That was 30th in the league. Of those 39 targets, right, he had 36 receptions. He only missed three balls. 39 targets, 36 receptions. That's stupid, y'all. He was 12 touchdowns. That was number four for all running backs. Am I starting to entice you a little bit more? Let's go to the game logs, right? As bad as people want to poo-poo his beginning of his season, he started off 14.9, 19, 13.2, 8.9, 15.4, 15.5. Then he had the three-game stretch that everybody was worried and fucking just losing their minds about Jonathan Taylor. Nine point, and, and this three-game stretch was 5.1, 9.4, 5.7. And after the 5.7, I specifically remember telling you guys last year, And this, right after this game, I said, people are going to be panicking. You know what I mean? Because they play Tennessee. 
and he only had five fantasy points. They have to establish this kid as the main running back. And all you listeners that that listen to the podcast every day, you know, you guys remember me saying this. I guarantee you remember this. You remember me saying this is at the point of the year where they need to flick the switch and Jonathan Taylor just needs to become the guy. I basically called it for you guys. The rest of the season, Jonathan Taylor was 15.4 fantasy points, 22.5 fantasy points, 30.5 fantasy points, 20 or 19.5 fantasy points, 19.4 fantasy points, 38.4 fantasy points. He was the number 12, 5, 2, 15, 10, and 1 for, for the rest of the season. That's where he finished at running back in those last seven weeks. And, and you know, a lot of people don't play in week 17. But there are those leagues that do two, two games to win the championship. And in the last week of the championship, he got you 38.4 fantasy points. He was the number one fantasy running back. Mull that over. This dude is a touchdown scoring machine. He's had, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games last year that he scored a touchdown in. He only did not score a touchdown because he missed the game last year in six games. That's it. So, I don't know about y'all, but I'm down with Jonathan Taylor. Like, I think, I think this dude could be very, very good. And if you get him in, you know, the early second round, because that's where he's going, he could finish as a top five back. And the reason that people are not taking him there is because they're worried about Naeem Hines. And I don't think Naeem Hines gets a whole lot more work than he got last year. Right? I think they brought back Marlon Mack as an insurance policy just in case either one of those guys gets hurt because Marlon Mack can catch the ball out of the backfield and he can run. So I think he's more of just an insurance policy. Yeah, he's going to get some touches, but he's not going to dig into Jonathan Taylor's work. You can't look at what Jonathan Taylor did the last six games of the season and say, all right, we'll bring in Marlon Mack and give him a bunch of touches and we'll increase, you know, Jonathan Taylor or Naeem Hines' uh, uh, workload even more and take more touches away from Jonathan Taylor. That's just not going to be the case. It's just not. Jonathan Taylor could be a league winner. And it's plain and simple. All right. So my last guy, the last guy, boom, boom, boom. (laughs) All right. So my last guy is Justin Herbert. I know that's probably surprising for a lot of people because, you know, I told you guys it was going to go quarterback. And some of you guys are probably thinking, well, in his rookie season, he was just amazing. How could this guy be a league winner? Right? And I'm going to tell you how. The way Jonathan Taylor could be a league winner is <laughs> their running game is just not that good. Let's be honest. Like, Austin Eckler, love the guy. I think he's, you know, worth every penny he is in fantasy football. But he's not a big rusher guy. They don't have a guy on the team that can just dominate dominate snap shares and get a whole shit ton of touches. I want you guys to listen to the attempts that this dude had last year per game. 
so he started, obviously, remember, Tyrod Taylor started the year in week one, and then he punctured his lung and basically lost his job to Justin Herbert the rest of the way. 33 attempts, 49 attempts, 25 attempts against Tampa Bay. We can understand that. 34 against New Orleans. That's very good. Jacksonville, 43, 43, 42, 42, or 32, 49, 52, 53, 44, 32, 33, 31. This guy had one game, one that he threw 25 passes. Every other game was 32 or more passes, except the Week 17 game, which most people don't play in. Most people do not play fantasy football in Week 17. There are those guys that do. And if you had Justin Herbert, he probably helped you win your championship. Right? So... The crazier thing to me is he threw all of those passes and listen to his completion percentage, 66%, 71%, 80%, 58% against New Orleans. We understand that. That's a good defense. 62%, 67%, 66%, 62% against Miami. Another pretty good defense. 75% on a game where he threw 49 passes against the Jets. Against Buffalo, we remember that game. Buffalo was kind of trouncing them a little bit. 52 passes, he completed 60% basically. 53 passes, he completed 49% against New England. That was his worst game of the season by far, right? 81%, 44 passes thrown. <laughs> 68, 63, 70%. Like that is really high completion percentages. And he threw for 300 yards in a bunch of games last year. He had eight games where he threw for 300 yards. He had a bunch of multiple touchdown games. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten multiple touchdown games. He had five rushing touchdowns last year. Like, the one thing you could say is, He's not going to get five rushing touchdowns, you know, this year. But guess what? His touchdown throwing totals could go up. The dude only threw he threw 31 touchdowns last year with 595 attempts. If this offense is better, which we're all presuming it's going to be, right? And people are saying, oh, but the defense is going to be much better. I don't know if the defense will be much better. I think it'll be better. But much better. Uh, you got Patrick Mahomes in that in that division. You got you know the Raiders score points basically every time these two teams match up. So I'm not worried about you know. And Denver is an up and coming is an up and coming offense. If Teddy Bridgewater can keep that on track and keep it going, Denver could score some points. And against those teams last year, against Kansas City. He played them twice. He had 33 attempts and 31 against attempts. Against Denver, he had 33 attempts and 43 attempts. And then against the Raiders, he had 42 attempts and 32 attempts. That's a lot. There's still a lot of attempts. Like, I just feel that if this dude continues to play the way he did, even if he loses, let's say, two or three of those rushing touchdowns, it's not going to matter because. He still throws for a high percentage. He throws for, you know, 
three damn near 300 yards every single fucking week. It's crazy, right? And he has multiple touchdown games. He could have multiple touchdown games 12 times this year. Justin Herbert is a guy that you're getting as the number eight quarterback in round 610. You could just wait. Take your five, literally, take your five favorite players or five best players that fall to you and just take Justin Herbert in the, se- in the sixth. Sometimes he drops into the seventh, right? Because some people take, you know, Ryan Tannehill over him or they take, you know, I've seen Tom Brady go before him. Like, hey, and I get those two guys. But Justin Herbert, with the way that this kid throws the ball and the way this offense is predicated on, it's predicated around him. They want him to throw the ball. They want him to get a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of yards and passes and touchdowns. So would not surprise me at all if if this dude was a top five quarterback this year. Would not surprise me at all. Am I betting on that? No, I'm not betting on that. But I could definitely see it happening. And if it does happen, he's a league winner for you because he's going as the eighth, ninth, or tenth quarterback off the board. And we saw that last year. Guess who was the number 10 quarterback consensus off the board last year? Josh Allen. And Josh Allen won you all a bunch of leagues. A lot of people who had Josh Allen last year loved to get Josh Allen as the 10th quarterback because he won them leagues. Because they could wait until, you know, the end of the beginning of the seventh, you know what I mean? Or the middle of the seventh, or I've seen him drop into the eighth in some leagues. In our listener league the other day, he dropped into, I think it was the eighth round or the end of the seventh. I think he went. No, that was the mock draft because the listener league went crazy quarterback because the first team fucking went a million quarterbacks. But regardless, in the mock draft we did, he went in like the middle of the seventh, beginning of the eighth round, somewhere around there. I'll look it up but I'm pretty sure that's where it was at because I remember going, damn, that's a nice spot to get to get Herbert. So looking at it, you know, 595 attempts in 15 games, he would have been well over that if he played 16. He probably would have had somewhere around 45. No, he probably would have had close to 4,600 yards with a 66.6% completion percentage in his rookie season. And 31 touchdowns. I think there is no rookie slump here. I think this kid is the real deal. And averaging 22.9 fantasy points per game, that number could possibly go up. And if it does, my man is going to win you some fantasy championships. All right, ladies and gents. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate you guys. Make sure you go, guys, go check us out on YouTube and at our website, CheatCodeSports.com. That's CheatCodeSports, just the way it sounds, .com. Go to YouTube. Check us out at Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football. You'll see all of our stuff popping up. We are going to have a lot of videos this season. We are going to be doing a bunch of videos, so make sure you check it out and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, obviously, like and subscribe to the podcast because that's where you're going to get our most in-depth information. And we are going to break everything down for you just like we do every single season. You know, we are going to be continue to do DFS. Um, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I am pretty good at DFS. <laughs> so if you guys are trying to win some money, I'm giving you information for free. 
I am not charging for this information. I'm giving you the lineups that I am personally using in my 50-50 lineups. You know, my GPPs, I don't give those lineups. If you guys really wanted my GPPs lineups, all you have to do is go on the website and post on there and say, hey, Stevie P, do me a favor. Hook us up with those with those lineups. And guess what? I'll do it. Everything you guys have asked for, we have gone and done. Because you know why? We're here for you. I'm not here for me. Like, guess what? I do this research because I love it. I love doing this stuff. I love watching football. I love breaking down tape. I love looking at matchups. I love doing all the stuff that we do. So I'm going to do it regardless. I'm doing this stuff for you guys. I want you guys to win fantasy championships. I love when you guys give me feedback and go, yo, bro, I won two chips this year, and it was because of your information. Or, yo, Stevie P, guess what? I won a $500 tournament this year, you know, in the past week because I used your lineup and it hit and I won $500. I had three times last year. I had people hit me up on the email and say, Stevie P and show me a picture. You know what I mean? And actually I'll post those pictures on, on the website, but send me a picture. You know, I won one guy, I think won $800 on some, I can't remember if I want to say it was FanDuel. And one of my FanDuel's lineups hit and he went 800 bucks. Like, just listen in, guys. That's it. That's all you got to do. I post the pictures of the lineups that I am using on the website. You click on DFS, click on the, the link. Guess what? It'll take you right there. And when it takes you there, you have my lineup. You have my 50-50 lineup. And if you want more information, guys, anything that you guys want, just ask. And we'll put it on the website. Like, it is very easy for you guys to just be like, hey, hit me, you know, let me know what what you guys want. It's very easy for you guys to be like, hey, Steve, do this. And guess what? I'll do it for you. I have no problem doing it for you. But if you guys aren't asking and I'm not getting the feedback from the website, then it's kind of hard to continue to put stuff on the website because, hey, I work a full-time job. Kev works a full-time job. We do the YouTube stuff. We do a podcast, you know, four nights a week. Like, it's kind of hard to keep up with all that stuff when we're not getting the feedback to let us know that we should continue to do it. So, really, the website has kind of... I don't want to say gone to the wayside, but it's, you know, we're just putting bare bones information on there because we're just not getting the feedback from you guys. So if you guys want that information, the DFS and all that other stuff, just hit us up, hit us up on the website. There's a little tab at the bottom of the, the very home, very first homepage saying, Hey, you know, send us an email. If you guys want anything, blah, 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 blah. Just hit us up if you need any information. So click on that, write up a little thing. Say, hey, you know, Stevie P, I want this on the website. I want that on the website. And guess what? I'm going to bring that to you. I, that is my promise to you. If you hit me up and say you want something on the website, I'm going to put it on the website. All right. So, like I said, check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Facebook, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football. You know, check us out on Twitter, Cheat Code Sports, at Cheat Code Sports. You can catch K Love at K Love 0033 at underscore 33. Excuse me. Uh, and hit us up, guys. We love y'all, and peace out, Chico Sports family. <laughs>